Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, today we're talking about healthy digestion, but it's not just digestion, because, I mean, you could eat organic, everything else, but you're going to find out how important breathing is and what hiatal hernias are and how to correct those. Um, and hugely important, because without... Um, digestion, you don't have the raw materials. Your body literally breaks down. And if you have poisoned digestion, uh, then you also break down. So this is huge. This is how you get to over 100 healthy. Uh, now, we just had another video wiped out by the censorship. And it was the title of the video that was wiped out was Healthy Brain Function, Toxicities, and the Blood-Brain Barrier. Now, since a number of vaccines cross the blood-brain barrier and a number of the neurotoxins in vaccines cross blood-brain barrier, you can't talk about blood-brain barrier and our society without talking about the vaccines. So that's what got it ripped off. Luckily, we have the disinformation board. Um, So anyone helping to support the Dr. BVIP, God bless you. Thank you. Okay, it it helps us keep, keep all this content up. Uh, now, Extreme Health Academy just finished over a two-hour webinar this past Sunday. I do that at least once a month. Um, please support those. Extreme Health Academy. It's only $19.99 a month, and you get way more than that, 100 times more than that, um, the information out of there. So let's look at digestion. Digestion begins with you smelling food. That stimulates a certain acid. And that acid in the stomach starts to break down the nutrients. Now, you're digesting three different things. Um, Proteins, that digestion takes place mainly in the stomach, but your teeth also break it up. Carbohydrates is mainly produced or broken down in the mouth area. And fats are broken down mainly um, just beyond the stomach in an area called the duodenum. Now, so you've got the protein, fats, and carbohydrates, and this is how you break it down. But each aspect of this, like the mouth, the salivary glands uh, in your mouth, actually help break down everything, just like the stomach acid breaks down everything. And even the bile, it doesn't just emulsify fats, it helps digest everything. And then even the pancreas helps out. So when we look at the different structures, the stomach is loaded with acid, and it's supposed to have it. And in fact, um, you've got chief cells that produce pepsin, which is incredibly acidic. I mean, that, this can burn a hole in wood. It can, it can melt nails. And then you have parietal cells that produce uh, hydrochloric acid, an intrinsic factor. Now, why doesn't the stomach eat itself up? Well, it actually does. But you have these massive cells called goblet cells that are always secreting um, a protective coating of mucus. So the body is always digesting that mucus, always. And so when you look at this, the stomach is right beyond the diaphragm. And you cannot talk about digestion unless you talk about breathing. I know that seems kind of weird, but think of this. I'm going to show a cross-section of how the stomach, uh, the esophagus, actually is one of the tubes, and the esophagus connects up to the stomach um, in order to uh, go through the diaphragm. So now, if that diaphragm is weak, and the diaphragm is innervated by um, the lower neck area, so C3, C4, C5 is the nerve that keeps you alive. That's the diaphragm. 
So if you have a problem like whiplash trauma, that means that you could have a lower cervical issue. That lower cervical issue can actually compromise nerve supply to that intestinal tract um, or to the diaphragm. And if the diaphragm isn't working correctly, then you can have the outpouching of the stomach called the fundus to go up inside of the opening where just the esophagus comes through. So hiatal hernias have to do with compromised nerve supply to the diaphragm or compromised insertion of that diaphragm. There's going to be a problem. Um, the biggest problem with hiatal hernias is the medical intervention. Instead of looking at the mechanical cause, where a real doctor, not a medications Pez dispenser, you know, oh, hiatal hernia, then let's give you some antacids. Knowing that antacids can increase the risk of esophageal cancer and weaken your body's ability to absorb minerals, which can cause cardiac issues, um, that's, that's just foolishness. But remember, we are in a government that is run by the pharmaceutical industry, controlled by the pharmaceutical industry, and they also control the um, uh, media and they control the school books. So uh, it's, it's literally to understand how the body works. You can't get your information from the so-called experts. So know that a hiatal hernia has to do with weakening or compromised nerve supply or insertion of that diaphragm. And there's very, very simple corrections. Number one is to restore the curve in the neck, and but diaphragmatic breathe, that actually strengthens that muscle. You can also pull it down. Like if you make a, a fist with your left hand, you put it under the left side of your rib cage. And when you breathe in, when you breathe out, you push in and pull down. And you can literally pull the soft tissue, and I mean the esophagus and the stomach, away from that diaphragm, and that will help ease off a lot of the pressure of reflux. Because reflux is horrible. It's disgusting. I mean, it can keep you up, and it can do damage to the tissue. So we're going to demonstrate this hiatal hernia move. Now also get to the chiropractor so they can correct the neck as well as you know restoring the nerve supply to the diaphragm. But diaphragmatic breathing is hugely important. That's why there's a lot of different books about breathe disease away. So when you breathe in, breathe in through the nose, the tummy should come up like a bellows. You blow out, the tummy should go in. So the chest... Try not to move the chest when you're breathing. Just move that tummy. And that's going to start to massage the organs and get the lymph flow flowing. It's also going to strengthen that diaphragm. I mean, there's so many benefits to it. Plus, it's going to help massage the organs, the, the stomach, the liver, the, the, the pancreas, the intestinal tract. It's phenomenally good for you. <clears throat> now... You also have a mu muscle on top of the stomach called the lower esophageal sphincter. Now, the esophagus is the food tube that brings food down to the intestine, down to the stomach. That's a different material than what's inside of the stomach. Now, the stomach has those goblet cells that are always secreting the mucus, so it protects the lining of the stomach. The esophagus doesn't have that. So if you have stomach acid going up inside the esophagus, it can burn that tissue, create scar tissue, and create a thing called Barrett's esophagus. And this is a long-term loosening of the lower esophageal sphincter. Now, 
there's ways to strengthen that lower esophageal sphincter. One of the ways is to look at your autonomic nervous system. If you're in a chronic state of stress, and this is fight or flight, that sympathetic dominant state, you've got decreased acid uh, to the stomach. And, and that can decrease the tone of the lower esophageal sphincter. See, that muscle on top of the stomach at the bottom of the esophagus increases its tone based on acid in the stomach. And so if there's less acid, it loosens up and you get more sloshing up inside. I know what you're saying. It's the complete opposite of what the medical doctor said. Well, of course, because he's a medication Pez dispenser. He's not responsible for looking at why things work. You have reflux. He has certain protocols to give you an antacid, even though that increases damage. And in fact, um, the British Journal of Cancer said that proton pump inhibitors or antacids increase esophageal cancers. And I know what you're saying. Isn't that what they were prescribed for? Yes. I know. Remember, this world is not based on, on accurate science. And in fact, if you're taking those, um, those medications to lower stomach acid, they also have other effects like muscle spasms, cardiac arrhythmias, seizures, convulsions, cognitive decline because you're not getting the breakdown of the minerals, um, increased type 2 diabetes. So there's a lot of uh, Food and Drug Administration warnings on drugs that loosen up or, or decrease the acid in the stomach. Also, you shouldn't be drinking water a half hour before, water during a meal, or a half hour after. You want to increase the acid in the stomach so it can start breaking down those amino acids um, so that you can get the, the raw materials to build the body. Now, just after this leaves the stomach, the food, it gets into the duodenum, this little C-shaped organ. Now, you've got um, two things that drain right there. One is the gallbladder. Now, the gallbladder stores and concentrates bile. So as soon as fat hits that duodenum, bam, that gallbladder contracts. Now, if you're one of the unlucky people who've had the gallbladder removed, understand that now you're going to be fat deficient. You're not going to be able to metabolize fat. This also means that the body will probably want to store the fat. So, but you still are producing that bile. Now that there's nothing, though, that stores and concentrates it now. So now you have the bile just dripping into the duodenum. And this is where a lot of duodenal ulcers are come from. Because without food to absorb that, that bile, to, to allow that bile to break it down, that bile is really caustic. It can damage the duodenum. And this is something that the people that remove the gallbladder don't really give instructions that you should be taking healthy fats with each meal. Um, fat should be like a snack in between meals. So they can always allow fat in that area to pick up that bile and allow that bile to emulsify it. So that decreases the stress on it. Now you've got a huge amount of bacteria. Because when we're going from the esophagus to the stomach to the duodenum, now we're getting into the small intestine. Now, that small intestine has some bacteria in it, but you've got a boatload of bacteria in the large intestine. Now, 80% of your immune system is in the gastrointestinal tract. You have two to three pounds of bacteria, or 100 trillion bacteria. 
Um, and now you have a ratio of bacteria that are beneficial and bacteria uh, that, that could cause problems. And usually it's an 85, a good 15% um, challenging. I don't want to say bad because bacteria keep, um, beneficial bacteria keep the bad bacteria in check, keep the yeast and candida in check, and they produce nutrients such as B vitamins. Uh, they're fantastic. Now, viruses actually can damage some bacteria, which is good because viruses, without viruses, uh, you're in deep trouble. So you have beneficial viruses. Now, you've got 70 trillion cells, you've got 100 trillion bacteria, you've got 4 quadrillion viruses in your body. So realize that you cannot um, eliminate viruses and bacteria. So all the people washing their hands with Purell and taking antibiotics and everything else, that is not making you healthy. That's making you sick. Now, anything that disrupts the microflora, because you need that, that healthy bacteria in that intestinal tract, to produce certain vitamins, to protect your immune system. I mean, Aboriginal cultures have 30,000 different species inside of there, so huge. So anything that disrupts the microflora disrupts um, the 80% of your immune system. Now, um, there's four things that, that cause damage, antibiotics, medication, processed foods. Now, since I've had a number of videos wiped out, because I did mention that vaccination, which is a medical procedure, can cause harm. And with the Disinformation Governance Board, you can't say that. So this talk, I've had to eliminate any injectables that could cause harm to get it by our, our government because they don't feel that um, information uh, they they want to control the information that you get, so we can't talk about vaccines this time. But let's look at other things that can cause um, changes in the microbiome. High blood pressure medications, um, medications for angina, anxiety medications, antibiotics, antidepressants, pain relievers, statins. I mean, think of that. All of those things can cause changes in that cholesterol-lowering drugs. Now, now, granted, the Disinformation Governance Board uh, is stow, still allowing us to make some comments on medications, but, you know, that'll, that'll stop in the next year or so where you can't say anything against medications either. Um, but statin medications um, can damage the microbiome, and this is the cholesterol-lowering drugs. Now, let's look at ulcers, peptic ulcers. Um, and you can say that, um, well, it's bad luck or bad genes, but that's not true. Um, the causes of peptic ulcers are literally stress. Um, physical, chemical, emotional stress help, the, help um, decrease blood supply to the gut, and that decreases the function of those organs. Now, the other intervention, such as medications, can also damage that gut flora. So, so or, or cause peptic ulcers. Like, I'm talking non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, along with the antacids, and we already um, went over how proton pump inhibitors can actually damage the gut flora as well. So regular use of pain relievers can lead to peptic ulcers, along with a boatload of other medications. Now, a lot of people say helicopylorus, and this is a bacteria that lives in the gut. Now, 
Helicobylorus is found in over half the world's populations. I've seen estimates up to 70%. Most people are saying 60%. But it does not affect most of those people. 70% have no symptoms. And in their lifetime, uh, the risk of, of an infected individual, somebody with this, develops at about 10 to 15% of the time. So, so think of this. 70% of the people that have this bug don't have an issue and you have an 85 to 90% chance of not having an issue with it. And if you have helicobylorus, you have a 97% um, risk of not getting cancer, not getting cancer if you have it. So what they do is, and this is a quote for the American College of Gastroenterology, Quote, it's not clear how H. pylori spreads. It may be transmission person to person, close contact, kissing. People may contact H. pylori through food and water. So they don't know how the bug gets in there. I'm guessing that the bug is actually normal flora. It's supposed to be in there. And it only uh, gets um, active if there's uh, an opportunity. Now, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, and this is aspirin, ibuprofen, Motrin, Aleve, Advil, um, horrible, massive increase in peptic ulcers, more common in adults or older adults, because they've been taking these toxic drugs for years. Now, again, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, Advil, Motrin, Aleve, Naproxen, I mean, all of these things. They destroy joint cartilage and they increase um, uh, peptic ulcers, along with a lot of other things. I mean, th think of this. And this is out of the National Digestive Disease Information Clearinghouse. Um, quote, the stomach has three defenses against digestive juices. Mucus that coats the stomach lining. The chemical bicarbonate that neutralizes stomach acid uh, that comes from the pancreas and blood circulation lining the stomach that aids in cell repair and renew. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories hinder all of these protective mechanisms, and with the stomach's defenses down, digestive juices can damage the sensitive stomach lining causing ulcers. So when you look at stomach ulcers, you got a choice. Is it increased stomach acid, which has been proven that it's not, or decreased mucus production, which has been proven that it is. So when somebody says, yes, you have too much acid, really, what causes that, Doc? Okay, no, it's chronic stress, physical, chemical, emotional stress, cause the body to go into a sympathetic dominant or a stress state, decreasing blood supply and nerve supply to the intestinal tract. Now, antibiotics, okay, hugely toxic. Now, when you think, okay, I'm not going to take an antibiotic, well, if you're eating commercially produced bread, you're getting an antibiotic. If you're, if you're taking anything with glyphosates, that's an antibiotic. And so this is cereals, breads, crackers, anything that's not organic. Now, antibiotics can literally kill the bacteria allowing yeast to grow, and these yeast have these hyphae tendrils that can poke holes in the intestinal tract. Now, why is that bad? Because it can actually leach these undigested proteins into the bloodstream, triggering an immune system response. That's why when we see a leaky gut, we're looking at histamines throughout the entire body. Now, the New England Journal of Medicine, now this goes way back 10 years ago, 2012, quote, 
the New England Journal of Medicine found that azithromycin increases your chance of dying from a cardiovascular event by a whopping 250% within the first five days of usage compared to those that took amoxicillin. This is nearly the same for the drug Vioxx, which killed 60,000 people and was voluntarily removed from the market eight, eight years earlier. So antibiotics are dangerous. Okay, It increases your risk of cancer and everything else. So you don't take it if you have a common cold. Now, the reason that's important is because antibiotics um, and toxic food lead to increased intestinal permeability. Well, that's also where Parkinson's disease, and this was published in 2011, uh, quote, increased intestinal permeability correlates with sigmoid mucosa, um, alpha nucleon staining, and endotoxin exposure markers in early Parkinson's disease. What that means is a leaky gut um, in, that, that's increased intestinal permeability is a contributing factor to Parkinson's disease. And even Lou Gehrig's disease is also implicated in that leaky gut area. Now, Asia syndrome. Now, this is autoimmune inflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants. Now, this is out of the Journal of Autoimmunity. This is going to be a tough one for the censors, but luckily the censors, you know, also censor the president and, uh, well, not this guy. Um, you know, they'll, sense the, they'll censor the president if they say anything important or uh, contrary to the, the pharmaceutical narrative. This one's out of the Journal of Autoimmunity. Okay, now they're looking at the ingredients inside of a vaccine, such as silicon, aluminum salts, and non-defined immune-mediated uh, diseases in both animal and human models. And this is silicosis, Gulf War syndrome, um, myofasciitis, and post-vaccination phenomena. Those are all autoimmune conditions. And I'm going to show a couple of patients that have leaky gut brought on uh, either idiopathically, which means they don't know, or brought on by a certain medical procedure. Now, um, glyphosates, and this is sprayed on just about every kind of wheat product, uh, corn, hybridized corn syrup, it's in most uh, manufactured food products. It blows holes in the intestinal tract, imbalances the gut bacteria, uh, impairs digestion, damages to the uh, wall, and out of the Interdisciplinary uh, Toxicology Journal, they say um, celiac disease is associated with imbalances in the gut bacteria, which can be fully explained by the known effects of glyphosates on the gut. So this is hugely important. You know, I mean, glyphosate is a mineral chelator. It draws out the, the magnesium, the iron, the molybdenum, copper. I mean, amazingly horrible for you because without minerals, you can't utilize vitamins. In a recent article, and this is out of June 2020, and this is out of the British Medical Journal. Listen to the title of this article. Food is medicine, actions to integrate food and nutrition into healthcare. End of quote. And I know right now you're probably slapping your forehead going, come on, really? Food is medicine? Yeah. Let food be your medicine, medicine be your food. Okay, 
quote, in the face of the global epidemic of diet-related chronic disease, there is an increased experimentation with the use of food is medicine, interventions to prevent, manage, and treat illness. Boy, that that <laughs> disinformation governance board is going to be all over this one. Uh, imagine if people ate right, there wouldn't be a good market for pharmaceuticals. Quote, scaled integration of these and emerging nutrition interventions into the healthcare world would require significant investment in rigorous research to test different approaches and address knowledge gaps. Clinicians need more <laughs> need more and better education and training on appropriateness and use of these interventions. We also need to identify sustained funding streamings to ensure equitable access and availability for patients. I mean, I, I want to just do the Homer thing. Like, oh, are you kidding? Okay, who has to tell these guys that an organic fruit, vegetable, plant-based diet with healthy animals, if you're going to eat them, they've got to be healthy, okay, is actually good for you. There's enough data out there to show that the Mediterranean diet is fantastic. And the, there's enough research in like the blue zones of people that live healthy beyond 100. So what do you need to maintain the health of your gut? You need a healthy nerve supply. That means you've got to address the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. If you're taking medications, realize that medication is slowing or stopping a metabolic process. Find out why you're taking it. Uh, today, I had four new patients this morning, and three of them were taking drugs. And how long have you been taking the blood pressure drugs? Oh, 20 years. Did you ever look to see if that was helping you? Um, well, no, I just keep getting it refilled. Okay, how long have you been taking the thyroid drug? And these are people who have never had their thyroid operated on, never had a thyroid issue. They were just tired or something, and a medication Pez dispenser gave it to them. So if you're taking a drug, find out why you're taking it. And if your doctor doesn't understand you asking questions like that, fire him and get a doctor that, that isn't confused about diet and nutrition. You need healthy, saturated fats for the gut. You need healthy amounts of vitamin D, and we're talking 3,000 units for every 100 pounds of human. Lugo's iodine, plant-based mineral supplement, vitamin C with bioflavonoids. I mean, just it's so important to get healthy. I mean, this one's out of the Annals of New York Academy of Sciences. Quote, recent studies demonstrate that probiotic bacteria have beneficial effects in diseases like celiac disease, gastrointestinal infections, diarrhea, and chronic illness. So this is the information that the medical doctors need to do. Optimize your gut flora. Healthy, organic, plant-based, and I'm talking locally grown, seasonal. Um, healthy fats, and, and trust me on this one, there's going to be major food shortages, major food shortages, and major rides this coming winter. So stockpile. When you're in the store and you're buying a couple of cans of food, get five cans of food. Get what you can afford. Uh, make sure you have water filtration system. And you can get 55-gallon buckets worth of organic seeds and use these to store in your garden that are sprouting. Um, they're, 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 I think you get it from the sprout people. It's fantastic. Um, five gallons of of sprouting seeds give 
I think it's about 200 pounds of food. So it's phenomenal. Look at healthy grains. Once your gut's healed, and it takes around 30 to 40 days to heal. This is like sprouted grains, sourdough, buckwheat, oats, amaranth, and, and healthy organic foods like, like antioxidant-rich foods, goji berries, wild berries, dark chocolate. I mean, amazing. Um, and remember, acetaminophen, Tylenol, depletes glutathione. Glutathione has a protecting effect uh, uh, with your brain and your liver. So obviously, if you want to build your glutathione, you're going to take raw dairy, sulfur-rich compounds like garlic, onions, cruciferous vegetables. It's literally breathe every day. Get used to the diaphragmatic breathing. That moves the organs of the digestive tract around. Make sure you have proper nerve supply. This means look at your physical, chemical, emotional stress. Realize that autonomic nervous system uh, that, that you don't have conscious control is what keeps you alive. You need regular exercise. If you can't walk, if you can't move, by gosh, just sit there and diaphragmatic breathe. You can diaphragmatic breathe while you're driving. You can diaphragmatic breathe when you're sitting in a chair at home watching TV. So that's an exercise. Proper nutrition. This means a man makes it, you don't eat it, organic, fresh, and seasonal. Change your sleep patterns. So you're getting to bed and you're sleeping through the night. You're not getting up once to pee. And prayer and meditation. That visualization, that, that half hour of prayer or meditation a day literally puts you in that parasympathetic state. And that is how your body regenerates. It's easier to, to be a human and live within your design parameters. You are designed to thrive on this planet. You're designed to be healthy. Now, the part that's going to be censored tonight, uh, we're going to talk about how to take back our world because there have been no laws passed that um, are going to stop our government from introducing again the social distancing, the masking, and the shutdown of businesses. So we have to take the country back now. Oh, this is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.